Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the November 3rd episode of Poets and Muses. We chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen Arate. You can follow us on poetsandmuses.com or via social media on Instagram, Twitter, as well as SoundCloud under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. With us today is Rap Poet, with whom I will be discussing his poem, I Am Not That Condom, Are You? And my poem, Lowering Tides Sink Old Boats. Before we do that, however, I am going to go over all the poetry events taking place in the valley during the week of November 4th. On Monday, November 4th, Phoenix Firebird Events will be hosting the Firebird Rebirth Open Mic from 8.30 p.m. at Seamus McCaffrey's Irish Pub and Restaurant, which is 18 West Monroe Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic is between 5 and 7 p.m. On Tuesday, November 5th, from 6 to 8 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting its weekly poetry writing workshop in room 101 of the Chandler Community Center, which is at 125 East Commonwealth Avenue in Chandler. From 6.30 to 8 p.m., Cynthia Schwartzberg at Lowe will be hosting the first of her two Vision and Revision workshop. This will take place at Changing Hands Bookstore in Tempe at 6428 South McClintock Drive. From 7.30 p.m., Lexi Lockett will be hosting her debut book release and poetry night at Fiddler's Dream Coffee House, which is at 1702 East Glendale Avenue in Phoenix. On Wednesday, November 6th, from 6 to 8 p.m., the Virginia G. Piper Center for Creative Writing will be hosting the second of third, There's a Chameleon in My Prose poem, Poetry and the Art of Disguise with Justin Petropoulos. This will take place at Piper Writer House at 450 East Tyler Mall in Tempe. From 7 to 8 p.m., the University of Arizona Poetry Center will be hosting its poetry reading and book signing with Matthew Zapruder. This will take place at Burden Bar Central Library at 1217 North Central Avenue in Phoenix. On Thursday, November 7th, from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m., the Virginia G. Piper Center for Creative Writing will be hosting Nuestra Voz with Luis Avila, a poetry workshop for Spanish speakers and writers. This will take place at Piper Writer House at 450 East Tyler Mall in Tempe. From 6 to 9 p.m., Fatso's Pizza will be hosting its weekly open mic night at 3131 East Thunderbird Road in Phoenix. From 7 to 8.30 p.m., Sozo Coffee House will be hosting its monthly open poetry night at 1982 North Elma School Road in Chandler. From 7 to 9 p.m., the Mesa Arts Center will be hosting its Wordplay Cafe at the Nile, which is at 105 West Main Street in Mesa. If you get there by 6.15, you can join the writing and performance workshop. From 8 to 11 p.m., Quentin Oni will be hosting his weekly open mic at Jobot Coffee and Bar at 333 East Roosevelt Street in Phoenix. From 9.45 p.m., Atlas St. Cloud will be hosting his weekly poetry writing workshop at the Welcome Diner at 929 East Pierce Street in Phoenix. On Friday, November 8th, from 5.30 to 10 p.m., The Clit, or Classy Lesbians Initiating Togetherness, presents Mistresses of the Mic, featuring poets and muses past poet guest Dr. Tamika Sanders, along with many other talented artists. This will take place in the bubble room at the Wasted Grain, which is at 7295 East Stetson Drive in Scottsdale. You can purchase tickets for this event on Eventbrite. From 6.30 to 9 p.m., Cultivate Coffee will be hosting its monthly open mic at 505 West Dunlap Avenue, Suite E in Phoenix. 
On Saturday, November 9th, from 5.30 to 8 p.m., Desert Iwata will be hosting its Exodus, where poets and muses' previous poet guest Aaron Khan, who is also the co-founder of Desert Iwata, and myself will be performing along with other artists from Asian Pacific Islander and other communities of color. You can purchase tickets at Desert Iwata slash events. From 6 to 9 p.m., Sozo Coffee House will be hosting its open mic night at 1982 North Elma School Road in Chandler. On Sunday, November 10th, from 6 to 9 p.m., Infuse Open Mic will be taking place at the Phoenix Center of the Arts at 1202 North 3rd Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 5.30. And now let us turn to our poet guest of the week, Rap Poet. Hi, Rap Poet. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. Hello, hello. I'm really glad and I'm so happy, excited. Great. Well, awesome. Yeah. Glad you're here. I would really appreciate it if you tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Rob Poet, a vision performance artist based in Uganda. So the visual side, I'm more into paintings, mixed media, mm-hmm. and um, been working in different medias, but at the same time also try to uh, fuse in a bit of poetry, spoken word, through my art, the artworks. And it's what I studied as a profession, industrial art and design. It wasn't a mistake to be in the arts, so... <laughs> but <laughs> and I really enjoy it. Right now, um, I'm, I'm more into poetry, and also sometimes I host uh, Poetry Night in Kampala mm-hmm. at to East Ugandan Art Trust, uh, mm-hmm. where I host a uh, poetry night called Tontoma, mm-hmm. which means to recite, where I invite different poets from different regions of, of Uganda mm-hmm. to share, sometimes also to collaborate with each other, mm-hmm. and also to get to know each other in the poetry scene in Uganda. This is a small poetry scene, but sometimes also to uh, to build our archive as, uh, as poets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Tokama is what usually every first Friday of the month, right? At 32 degrees? Yeah, every other first Friday. So mm. It started in 2015, mm. and uh, it's a new platform. This is our fourth year, okay. and uh, we working in hand with a little east since it's an art center. Mm-hmm. And we we fought uh, to bring up a platform where we combine poetry with other art genres, since also Fadro East also works with different artists who are into poetry right. and uh, visual art. So we thought it's a right avenue for us to right. uh, use a space mm-hmm. sometimes to promote poetry. Right, right. Yeah. Wait, did you ever do a residency here at 32 Degrees? Yeah, of course. Uh, I did that <laughs> after the Kampala Art Contemporary Art Festival, which mm-hmm. is organized by 32 East, yeah. and uh, uh, was one of the award winners of that festival. Great. My artwork was mentioned as an audience award, which led me to a residence, a free month residence at 32 East oh, cool. in 2014. So during the residence, I got to know more about what 32 East, mm-hmm. and also trying to see how I can also try to push my work, my art, to different audiences, and also try to promote my work. So it has really done a lot in the arts mm-hmm. in general, as with. So really glad, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been wonderful. Yeah. And that's how I met you, basically. <laughs> yeah, so definitely, yeah. In Uganda, it's the only space where, which we have as creatives in Uganda. Mm-hmm. All the artists, visual artists, so many have gone through the hands of Fadi East, right. has promoted them, their works, and also they have push them to other avenues, uh, residents in other mm-hmm. regions. Also inspired the one, the new artists who are after their studies. As we inspired them to come also to know more about it mm-hmm. and also try to do residencies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I heard the development of the artistic community in Uganda, especially yeah. in Kampala, has really grown over the past few years, right? Yeah. I know that you're also a musician. Is it <laughs> is it only traditional music or do you do both traditional um, and contemporary? The music comes in with uh, the instruments I, I perform with when I'm doing my poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the lyre, uh, the four-string oh. instrument, mm-hmm. and also the drums, the xylophone, the fan piano, as well. Uh, I fuse with my poems oh, cool. to give it that touch of traditional, to bring back, uh, because poetry in Uganda, mm-hmm. we have so many cultures, mm-hmm. but they all present different ways how they 
their ancestors used to do poetry in the bonfire. Right. So I tried to bring back that memory of how they used to use traditional instruments to tell stories. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm attached more on the traditional instruments. Yeah. Specifically the, the lyre, uh, mm -hmm. which is called Ndongo in okay. Uganda. Okay. And it sounds like uh, acoustic guitar, but oh, it's, yeah. more, it's, more, it's more of a bass, bass guitar. Okay. Like in that sense, people will ask, Why do you feel more of poetry? Traditional, I'm like, It's like as if I'm having a conversation with her. I connect very well when I'm performing with it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's okay, it's a bit of music, but I like to put it in a way to give it that touch of traditional. I'm trying to bring back those histories of poetry on the bonfires, mm -hmm. how people used to do that, but now it's, it has been lost because of the digital world we are into. Now people don't usually even remember that we had those instruments, so I'm trying to mm. bring back that. Wait, uh, is it colonialism? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, so that's why I, uh, I'm attached to it. And, I'm, and I enjoy playing because it's, it's really more unique. Rather than just reciting a poem, uh, reading it, right, for right, me, right. I feel comfortable when I'm performing with the instrument. Right. So but you're more of a performance poet. Though. Yeah, more of a performance. Also, the name rap poet comes in because, okay, the rap, people may think hip-hop, but because even the way that I recite, is more attached to the instrument and the way I, rec I recite the instrument, mm -hmm. there's a way that it connects to it and, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I remember somebody at the last Tontoma at the Uganda Museum. Yeah. They were talking about the number of tribes in Uganda. Mm, yeah. Do you happen to know how many tribes there are in Uganda? Currently, the research uh, shows that it's around 45. Oh. Yeah, around 45 mm -hmm. in that range. Mm -hmm. There are so many languages, uh, cultures, but also few appreciate their languages. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why many of them think Uganda is the main. That's why they, they speak Uganda. But as poets are also, it goes back to us in, in Uganda as gen, in general, few poets recite in their mother tongue. Mm -hmm. They use the thing. English is the only way to go. Well, I've I actually know. heard yeah. there are some poets, and you as well, in your poetry, you put in some Luganda, right? Yeah. I saw, yeah. like, the piece that you're going to read today. Yeah. Like, Lule, he, he resides mainly in Luganda. Yeah. I don't know of other languages that are being used. Yeah, yeah in, in poetry, few poets, yeah, really few, few poets do it in their mother tongue. I don't know, I think it goes back to the education system. Mm -hmm. How do they learn their literature? I think also plays a part in that. Well, again, it goes kind of back to the colonialism. Yeah, right? <laughs> so it's really hard to remove that from them. Yeah, mm. maybe depending on the on the character of the person, so if you want to change, but it's really hard. Even now, children who are coming out of school, they are they are still attached to, to that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they feel that when you perform in English. Everyone will feel like you are the main, you are the big poet, you are the mm. best poet. Mm -hmm. Which I feel for me is not poetry. Is even if you recite in different language, if people can can really connect to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Doesn't care if you are in English. So yeah. all goes back to the yeah the system. Yeah, I, I yeah. feel the same thing. I personally write in other languages as yeah. well in poetry, and I feel like even if you don't understand the words. Yeah. There is something about poetry, there is a rhythm and rhyme that you can still hear. Yeah. Like, there was a poet, Hongdi, that both of us know, mm -hmm. who's Congolese. Yeah. I speak a bit of French, but not enough to fully mm -hmm. understand his poetry. But something I loved about one piece that he recited was just the rhythm of it, the yeah. way that he was playing with words, the sound of it. And they so fast, that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and also, depends on the, on the, on the creative. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 yeah, it's like what people are comfortable with, what the artist is yeah. comfortable with doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because even sometimes for me, uh, when I recite in English, I bring that emphasis, like like this book, I'm not a condom. I bring that element of, in case I was reciting it in my, my mother tongue, mm -hmm. I put that energy in it so that I, I make sure people maybe try to understand it. Mm -hmm. Even if it's in English, but I try to bring those, mm. yeah, those bits where I'm like, I, I want to make sure people understand it the way I wanted. In case if I recited it in, in my mother tongue, which yeah. is Luganda. Luganda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really even have few, few English poems. Mm. Yeah. So. 
the future of radio and TV so that those who cannot be heard can also be heard. The future of time limits, age limits, because change is our issue at hand. That condom, that condom. Now I'm even reciting this poem about Mayakobo and Dongo and Amunjuro of a drum. Because of that condom, which is still wasting my time, it's still wasting my time. Even I'm walking to work, my pockets are poor like a church mouse. That condom, that condom. I'm not that condom, are you? Thank you. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I tried to, but my side is more emotional than me because within it, I, that one I don't perform with the instrument. So I try mm. to dig deep into what's happening in my country and also at the same time to relate it to another, other countries. So mm-hmm. on my side, as a creative, I'm saying I'm not that condom because the condom is used for sex mm. and uh, people use condoms to protect themselves. For me, I'm like, I can't be used as a condom mm-hmm. in that essence that our politicians, they keep on asking many things during the elections and mm-hmm. we end up as we the people are supposed to vote for them. They keep using us as condoms in that mm-hmm. sense for me as, a, as an artist. I persist that I'm not that condom because, okay, I can't vote and I can't allow them to keep on always asking us for votes. They promise all those of stuff, but we don't see any, any difference. Mm-hmm. So... That's why I'm like, I'm not a condom. And for the audience, um, it's a question to them also. Should, should they continue to be used as condoms? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or should they also say that they are tired of being every time voting and uh, voting, but there's nothing nothing happening? Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's why I'm not a condom. That's why I use the, the, the condom as, as an object for for that piece. And, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's still happening because our, our politics in Uganda is, is, really, is really much. So uh, I was talking about widely all politicians, not only mm-hmm. uh, everyone who's into politics, benefits uh, in the family, mm-hmm. the, the people who use uh, their family members as condoms, they, they just want to be on top of you. Mm-hmm. They don't give you that. Uh, there's nothing uh, changing in your family or society. So it's always... The same thing they're asking, but there's nothing they add on you as a, as a person. Yeah. So it's like, for me, as rapport, I, I can't accept the use as a condom. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So that's... <laughs> the yeah, I, mean, I think it comes through, that sentiment of yeah. not wanting to be used and discarded yeah. and things never changing. Yeah. And I felt like when I was reading it that you were also referring to where something like a condom comes from the foreign investments as well as Mm. also current Uganda politics. Do you want to talk about that as well? Yeah, in some lines of the poems, like this part where I say, which uses, misuses, and abuses human rights. Mm -hmm. Like, in Uganda right now, I don't know other people, but I feel we we don't have that right. Mm, We don't have that freedom to express. We can express ourselves, but we don't have that freedom to to say this, if you say this, then you, they will look for you. So we don't have that. Yeah. We don't have that right as as humans in, in, yeah, in our yeah. country. So I've heard uh, about some yeah, cases. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really, yeah. And also when I perform that poem, I because uh, I've performed it, I think, like publicly uh, twice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When even in the audience, there's people went to uh, politics. At first, they don't understand it, but after mm-hmm. once, uh, when I used that element of visual art, they like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the installation, they try to start. Yeah, this guy is talking about this. Right. But right. the good thing, uh, so far, I haven't got any, any problem with, with the power. That's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yes, I'm it's like that. So, because, yeah, uh, I like, wonder about that. Yeah. yeah, because, like I said, bringing that element of the, the visual art also supports the poem because. People understand poetry, okay, for them they can understand it right away, but with the installation, it keeps it in a format of, of an artwork, non, I'm not of, uh, offending anyone, so mm-hmm. it keeps me in that in that comfort zone that right, this right, is, right. I'm not against you guys, I'm trying to put up this exhibit in this space, I'm trying mm-hmm, to bring mm-hmm. up on this, if, if you're against, then uh, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that's... Uh, yeah, I feel like that's part of the artist's responsibility. Of course, in a society where you're not 
Mm. absolutely free to say whatever you want yeah. to say. You have to be careful, right? Mm. You want to say these things. I mean, part of what makes art new and also is what you experience in life. Yeah. It's, that's part of the creative foundation. Yeah. But if you're not allowed to express those, yeah. they come out anyway for artists, mm. both visual and mm. spoken and other forms. Yeah. But sometimes it's easier to take for the audience and others. Mm. I don't know what the environment has been like over the past few years since I've only been here for a few months. So do you find that it's becoming worse or or easier or more difficult to just say what you need to say or say what you want to say? If media is there, then it's your, as as a creative, you are in danger media. So media plays a role in our works because if there's no media, because also as, po- as poetry, back then it was more, people are not paying attention to it. Mm. But now, since we, we, we have been having lots of wrangles with people into poetry, while also sometimes the politicians, then mm. you, have, you have to be more careful now how you, you present your work. Right, right, yeah, right. So, I don't know if you have heard about uh, Stella Nyanzi. He's also a poet. Yeah. Now he's currently uh, in jail, but uh, yeah, that happened. But many people don't know she's a poet. Mm-hmm. Few, few poets know that she's a poet. But still, I feel media also plays a big role in that. I don't think yeah. they do it on purpose. It's just uh, yeah, they don't do it on purpose. But I think if you push it, push hard, and then you you start mentioning names in, in your artworks, then they'll come for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's why if you start pointing fingers like this one and this mm-hmm. one, then that means your artwork is more. You are going another direction, which for them they don't like. It. Yeah. Right. Same right. same to Bob Wine and other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel if you stay in your own in your zone and you don't start pointing fingers, then you won't be having a problem with that. Right. Yeah. Right. But it's it must be difficult to navigate. Yeah. 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 It's, I mean. That is what informs a lot of our work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, still, on, on that poem, like I said, that it has that bit of the, the visual part of it, the installation part of it. <laughs> Many people, at first, they, they thought it was, I was promoting people to use condoms. <laughs> and I was, like, happy. I think it also helps me, <laughs> like... Because when I first performed it, I was also scared. Because mm. I didn't know what will happen after the performance. Mm. But the end result, people started questioning after the performance, why are you saying this? Why are you saying that? And, and then uh, I, 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 I don't like explaining it alone because in the installation, it talks more about why it talks about so many things rather mm. than the, the, the poetry itself. So right, right, right. I, I try to keep it as short to them. <laughs> and like I said, I don't usually perform it so many places. Right, right. Yeah, because I don't want to keep it more public to mm. spaces. Mm. I'd rather put it in maybe an exhibition setup where mm-hmm. I feel like, not that I'm, I'm scared, but uh, I, I don't want to push it more. more. I, I just want to keep it as a weapon. <laughs> it's like a secret weapon right. on my side. Whenever I perform it, I, I have to be in that moment. Mm-hmm. That moment when I'm like, it's really, this is really bad. It should stop. That this is this and this. So I try to send my message through that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put it every now because for me poetry is not an enjoyment for me. It's more attached to me. I'm like <laughs> yeah, it's something you have to do. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't do love poems. Like no, <laughs> I have to do a poem when I'm uh, a specific thing. I'm doing it for it, and uh, I feel more attached to every piece I do. Mm. And uh, it has to be talking about something, right. but also right. talking to the to the viewer what's really happening. Right. Then they right. can judge afterwards. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, I mean, I think it's a good thing that the yeah. people think you're promoting the use of condoms. I mean, that's you know helpful in one way. Yeah, as <laughs> yeah, something. And they always keep on asking, you still have those condoms? I'm like, I still have them in the boxes. <laughs> yeah, because I bought piles of boxes. Like eight, and, eight and then, yeah, because uh, <laughs> the different color ones. <laughs> yeah, they're the same color because they are uh, from the 
I think was uh, the Bolivar National Theatre in uh. Kampala, and one of the comedians, is one of my friend, is called William. So we wanted to create an artwork about them, and then mm-hmm. remember that they did a performance about it. So as mm-hmm. have, they have given us condoms to give up, like we are supposed to give them to people, mm-hmm. protection or uh, about uh, sex and what have you. So mm-hmm. and also in talking about that, it has another bit of it where. It's not about the political side of it. Also, a side I'm supposed to talk about. Mm. Why, why should in our cultures people don't talk about sex? Mm. So I also have that side of it. Mm. But now that's also another story. Yeah. yeah. So it helped me understand how people now think of feel think about the, the condoms. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. let me leave them to think that way. Right, <laughs> right. But my weapon is this. And, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good to have yeah. different facets, yeah. right? Because people always come at poetry, the audience, differently. So yeah. some people will be more attached to the aspect yeah. of the condoms, yeah. and some people will resonate more with maybe yeah. the fact that the education or the joblessness yeah. situation. Yeah. yeah, that's one of the things I heard, that jobs are very hard to come by. And you talk about it throughout the poem, mm. like the scientists, even though science is placed above art, <laughs> scientists still don't have jobs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like those columns which, which forgot about the arts, mm-hmm. thinking that everyone is a scientist. The reason why I say that in that line is that here in Uganda, even in, in our families, people believe that when you study art sciences, you're doing a good profession, like you are with the big person in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're doing arts, ah, that's, <laughs> you, 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 you are the ones who are wasting our money. <laughs> they have that thinking. Yeah, So yeah. that's what, like, I was talking about all that, like, yeah. even the scientists they're talking about, we, we're the same people we found in the streets of, of Uganda. Yeah. They're, they're also doing the same jobs. Even but for us, the artists were not even doing that. But the scientists, the scientists were you're praising, mm-hmm. they're, they're the ones selling those milk pies. Mm-hmm. So even if you praise them, they, they did uh, degrees, PhDs, mm-hmm. who cares? But for us, the arts, we are now, we don't, we're not even in the streets, we are, we are creating our works. And right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. so that's why I was like, yeah, you, yeah, you keep on praising them, but even us, uh, they're, they're the better people uh, for me on my side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's still happening. I don't know if it will change in Uganda, but they have that thinking that uh, people do ask no. Well, it's similar actually in the U.S. There's a lot more prestige that's attached to people who are studying sciences. Yeah. Fortunately, we do have the infrastructure so that people mm. who are in science fields do have a lot more chances of mm. obtaining good jobs yeah. and they don't necessarily have to end up on the streets. Mm. What are milk pies? Yeah, milk pies are <laughs> oh, like the milk we drink. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we put them in perfect, uh, but also they are branded with companies. Okay. So companies, they label them and then they distribute them in shops, supermarkets. Mm. So is it like crates? Yeah, some are even crates. Okay. Yeah, okay. but some even sell them in uh, metallic cans, oh, and then okay. they put them on motorbikes, and then they go on the streets and mm. they sell to those people who, don't, who can't go to supermarkets if they're oh. just for a rush. They just want to buy on the streets and then they go. Right, right. So yeah. they're the ones I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. cool. I mean, some are even sell them on on bicycles. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. and they put up that metallic turn on the back of their bicycles, and then they stand there, and mm-hmm. then they, they okay. yeah, they call people if you want to buy, and then they buy. Okay. Yeah, they even have cups. They pick and then they put it in your. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I know, I know what you're yeah. talking about. I don't think yeah. I've seen it here. I've seen shops where they're preparing milk mm-hmm. in in one of the markets, Bologna yeah. Market. There's yeah. a shop that does that. Yeah. I've seen them pour the milk into like yeah. plastic bags. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's like also it's not because the government was restricting them because they're not properly. They just put them straight from the cow. They don't treat them properly. Oh, so, so they haven't been pasteurized. Yeah, so, so they're like okay. stopping them, but still there are some who still do that, that business. Right, right, right. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But, oh, there are some questions I have for you about the Luganda part of this. Mm. 
So there was this one particular line that you were talking about. You uh, read it. You read it and let me know <laughs> what that means. Okay, let me just read the whole line. Sure, sure. So in Lugana, anti Abaganda by name, in Songa, Chino Cheni, in all languages, we are one. So I was trying to interpret it in the way that, like, since we have so many cultures here in Uganda, mm-hmm. some people, okay, the Baganda of that, that saying that the Baganda, many people who are not uh, Baganda, they believe that Bagandas have, when someone doesn't want to tell you something, mm-hmm. like, is it backbiting? Oh, so they come uh, behind your back. Yeah. Oh. yeah, so yeah, so the the Bagandas so many people like people on Baganda they know that Bagandas they have that 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 reputation? Yeah, that reputation ah. of backbiting. They, they 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 pretend that everything is okay but at the back they are just pretending that way but they are totally different people. Yeah. So that's why I like say in Ghana to Baganda by name way. And then in Soga, in Soga is also another uh, language, uh, mm-hmm. which is also another culture on its own. So they are called Basoga, but their language is called Musoga. Mm-hmm. So in Soga, when they are waiting, they say Chinochene, like asking, waiting, how are you? Mm-hmm. So like, I was trying to put it in that way, but some languages have also that bias on each other. Mm-hmm. In this situation of saying I'm not that condo, mm-hmm. like, although they are... Even those I think they also plays a part in why people keeping voting the same people. They, like they don't have that trust in other people because they feel mm-hmm. like this person is the right person to put on. So at the back is the culture which is also driving that. Right. Yeah. Because they're voting from the same tribes, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, those of that bias that ah, I can't vote because it's it's a, it's a Uganda. Mm-hmm. It's still happening in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is a Uganda. Ah. And some I'm like, ah, but I think, no, I think Bobo shouldn't go on. I think we should leave. Maybe the person who is on should be to stay to be as our leader. So they have mm. that, that, that's that. Right, right. <laughs> so all those. Right, so there's still yeah. a lot of tribal loyalty. Yeah, yeah. Rather Even than... if they pretend they're them, but they're still, mm-hmm. for us, we, we always, right. it's still happening. And uh, it's weird. Because of that, there's no development. Because of the uh, right, right, yeah, right. they're saying, ah, this guy is a Mukanda. No, we shouldn't, we shouldn't give him that job. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so a lot of like self protection. Yeah, yeah. Intertribal yeah. sort of friction. Yeah, friction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it has really affected a lot, and it's, it's still back then it was much, but now I think it's still coming back. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I feel like people are bringing it back. Like the young people, because they used to listen, their parents and. Mm. Parents, they used to do that, and then mm-hmm. now they're saying, ah, I think we should go with this one. Right. Well, it continues, right? Because, yeah. I mean, in the US, there's a lot of prejudice from one ethnic group to another. Yeah. It's similar because it's very easy to just say, mm. oh, they're different from us. Mm. Even if we've never met the majority of mm-hmm. the other group, yeah. or maybe never even had one mm. meaningful interaction with that person yeah. of that group. Mm-hmm. There's just this perception of them, you know, like what you said, that the Baganda is one group. Yeah. They, they have this reputation of backbiting. But you've yeah. never met all of them, right? <laughs> yeah. Or even majority of mm. them. Mm. So how do you know, right? So it becomes just like a reputation, a stereotype. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the same thing in the U.S. And there are politicians who will exploit that because mm. they feel like that's the easy way for them to get votes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So and it's really much, and it starts from the central part of Uganda. Mm. Every time we have elections, mm-hmm. they know Bagandas. If Israelita is a Uganda, they know that right away take their votes. Mm-hmm. And it happens. But in other regions, it's a different story. Right, it's really right. hard to find the Uganda was point yeah. in the waste. It's really hard. Right, and that's right. why they, they know if you're winning in, in the central part of Uganda, mm-hmm. You have really played a big part, mm. and that's why we always keep on having those problems of people striking. They complain that this guy won in the center. Why is he not taking the wall? People mm. are showing our votes over us. That's where the problem becomes because yeah. of that tribal conflicts within us. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah unfortunately, it's worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
you know, we, <laughs> we people, we like, we like to differentiate. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also a part of it is the education aspect of it. It's not necessary that you have a certain type of education, mm-hmm. but if you are educated in practice thinking for yourself, mm-hmm. rather than just listening to somebody telling you rumors about yeah. other people then you're able to say, well, no, I don't think this person is, I don't think that I can't vote for this person just because they're from XYZ group rather than me, my ABC group. Yeah. I think different parts of your poem uh-huh. kind of feed into each other. It's a its own infrastructure, you yeah. know, it supports this system that unfortunately that's in place now. Uh-huh. And it's a very strong system, unfortunately. Yeah. And it needs to be, Seems like it needs to be rebuilt or rethought about, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like very similar to your poem, I was also talking about something that, well, like I said, I've only been here for a few months, uh-huh. so, but I've observed certain things, and, and this is a poem that I wrote while I'm here, so I'm going to read that. It's called Lowering Tides Sink Old Boats. A 30-minute walk separates constant noise, ranging from rushing traffic to the sudden foghorns issuing from speeding party buses and lush gardens where only birds whistle, and the moneyed old and new escons their fortunes and physical presence within competing walled palaces away from the commoner's gaze. The gradual disappearance of trees traces degradation of privilege where ancient peoples are displaced by arrivals from new, old, and older countries, though all maintaining an unspoken order. As beneficiaries of this fertile soil, teeming waters and mild climate battle inherited infrastructure and lean on those built by direct foreign investments designed with particular extractions in mind by sucking out the marrow of overall quality of every life. So the inspiration comes from uh, you should stay in Kampala? Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. You, know, you know, I told you, <laughs> I think I told you more than anybody else that I've been moving around, yeah, right? so I've been yeah. seeing... Different neighborhoods in Kampala, and yeah, and I I see certain dynamics happening, and it's very interesting to me. And Um, they happen so fast. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. There's a poem in Lugani called Mchibuka Kampala, Mm. city of Kampala. It kind of relates to it. Mm. Kampala is you can be in for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. But you learn so many things, like, <laughs> <laughs> like one one day or two days, and then you have you have got so many. It's as if mm-hmm. you are doing research, you have so many you have you have to research about. Yeah, um, yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of things going on in Kampala. So <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of different dynamics going yeah. on, and they're kind of interlinked. Yeah. You know, and similar to your talking about the condom, the condom is something that's sort of brought from the outside. Yeah. It's part of this foreign direct investment culture. Uh-huh. Sometimes with very good intentions, but I feel like human attachment to money is that whoever brings the yeah. money has the most power <laughs> yeah. in some ways because people don't recognize other resources as, uh-huh. as valuable. Mm-hmm. as somehow this cohort cash. Yeah. Yeah. So I see a lot of the, the privileges mm-hmm. that some people who have money can get. Yeah. Like the yeah. wall palaces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like maybe you can sure. use it, but you say like their fortunes and physical presence mm-hmm. within competing world palaces mm-hmm. away from the commoners gaze. Like that bit where you're saying, like they're competing, like as if like all, all the people, uh, like for example, you said Kampala, but, but we're all they're all in that space, mm. but they all some have money, some as if they're competing. I don't know how to explain it, but uh, at the end of it, because when you say their fortunes and physical presence within the competing world, but, but it says so on your side. 
for you, do you take it as Kampala? Do you stay like the people see those who are in, in Kampala? The ones who are working in Kampala? <laughs> that phase, do they see people, people going to Kampala? Because it's where you get everything in terms of if you want to buy stuff. Then think it's the only place where to, to go and get that thing. If you have to buy stuff, it's where you have to go. There's nothing, no no other city here you can. They all believe in Kampala is the only place you can ever. Even other spaces there. So I don't know on your side how you, during your stay here, how, what do you observe in terms of that? Oh, yeah. Well, I have written quite a number of poems mm. from Kampala. Yeah. And a number of them are about Kampala. Yeah. And I've seen, as I said, different neighborhoods. So I've written about the Hosalter District, a mm-hmm. rural park. Mm-hmm. I've written about just like a random car park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all kinds of things. There's a lot of contrast. Mm-hmm. With this line, you know, their fortunes and physical presence within competing wall palaces mm-hmm. away from the commoner's gaze. I feel like maybe maybe more like a Nakasero or a Kalolo yeah, area. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. where you see more of that, mm-hmm. right? Also, I feel like there's some competition amongst those people mm-hmm. to see who gets to build the most beautiful yeah. thing that gets totally hidden within this wall. Because I'm an yeah. artist as well, and I also enjoy visual art, it's like when you build beautiful things and then mm-hmm. you hide it behind a wall, then what's the point of it? Yeah. Part of it is that, yeah. right? And also, I feel like there's the overall competition of who gets to have more. And then within the smaller circle of people who have more, there's still competition of who amongst us have even more mm-hmm. than the other. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, they have already. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. in terms of just getting stuff, and I think Kampala offers a lot of things, mm-hmm. And different neighborhoods will offer different things to people. Mm-hmm. Or at the same time, the things that you can get in Kalolo will be so much more expensive than <laughs> the same thing yeah. that you get yeah. in like Owino Market. Yeah. Or but some even some even are the same quality quality. Some of them yeah. in, in Owino, yeah. if you can get something bought something from Polo. This is expensive, but the same thing you get it in in a window, in the yeah. low price, but it's the same quality of color. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have this thing that I noticed in the U.S. It's called. It's not necessarily that, but uh, I call it like a prejudice premium. Yeah. So for people who don't, who are afraid of living amongst other people of different colors, <laughs> they have to pay more to stay in a certain confine, <laughs> yeah. certain area. Yeah. At the same time, when it comes to the context of Kampala, you sort of understand, because I've moved around, why people will pay more to go stay in Kalolo. Because Kalolo is quiet, it's green. You get to enjoy the natural beauty of Kampala yeah. while still having all these modern niceties. It's like running water <laughs> and, and you know, internet that doesn't yeah. go out every time it rains, <laughs> which yeah. I think to a lot of people who haven't been here for a long time uh-huh. or who never move from neighborhood to neighborhood, they wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Because if somebody just stayed in a rural park, they would think Kampala is one way. But if somebody only stayed in Kalolo, their mental pictures of Kampala would be completely different. Yeah. Yet Kampala has so much to offer. And not just like goods that you can buy, that you can take with you, that you can extract yeah. from this country and take home and say, oh, look, I've been to Uganda. <laughs> but also these experiences. Like I passed by a canal near the bus depot, yeah. which is like insane. <laughs> It's just amazing. These mm. these guys are just down there washing tires. Mm. This is their work. Mm. This is how they earn whatever they're living mm. to feed themselves, to clothe themselves, to maybe mm. help out their family. And then next to it is this huge minibus park. And then oh, yeah. to the other sides, all these vendors in buildings selling like a myriad of stuff. Yeah. It's kind of amazing because you don't get to see this that much uh, in a place like the U.S. It's just not as overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. 
that scene yeah. is just you know every time you look at it you'll find mm-hmm. something different because there's so much going on and yeah. I love going to Owino Market because there's just so much going on for me it's like a war zone on this one with everyone is competing in that war zone when you go when you reach there okay you may be excited to go there but when you want them to go away from it, you're like... It's so hard. <laughs> yes, yes. It's really so hard. Like, but if you were walking, find a way. It's, yeah. we both know that Kampala traffic is like mm. impossible to navigate. But if you're on a boda, you ten, it tends to be easier, right? But in Owino, it's like impossible even on a boda. The yeah. best way is to go on foot. <laughs> yeah. Even, even, even on foot, people It's are, still hard, yeah. It's still hard. Everyone yeah. is... Give me space. I want to move. I want to move. Yes, yes. And if you don't be careful, you end up knocking each other. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I find that you have to be really aggressive in Owino if you want to get from one place to another. Mm, yeah. It's really a place for people who have time because it is hard to move around. It definitely is. There's, it's so crowded. You know, if you yeah. only experience Owino, yeah. you would think... Kampala is the crowdest like city in the world or something. Yeah. So it means when you go there, you have to also pretend like those people are working from there. Yeah. You have yeah, to move yeah. faster than. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I think. You have I, to move faster than. I think I've also been lucky in the sense that I haven't really needed. Actually, mm. I've been able to move fast mm. even around five o'clock when mm. there's so much yeah. for traffic. And then move fast even around 7 or 8 o'clock when people are going the other way trying to go home. But yeah, you definitely have to navigate and you have to push people away sometimes. You just have to be like, yo, part you people. So it's, it's definitely not for people who like space, like having personal space. It's something that you have to, somebody told me. Somebody who doesn't live there is you. It's like, yeah, you have to be in a certain mindset to go there. And it's definitely yeah. true. Yeah. At the same time, just as a as a tourist, that tourist part of me, looking mm-hmm. at him, just like, this is so amazing because it's like utter chaos, right? <laughs> but there's an order to yeah. it because the vendors are somehow making enough that they keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And that draws the shoppers that keep coming back. So there is order within the chaos. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. Even though it's incredibly overwhelming when you go there. But I was like, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for me, it's really, it's really so... Uh, it's too yeah. much, right? It's too much. <laughs> it's like when, I, like when I'm after moving away from it, I'm like, ah, I'm, I think I've won the war. I saw it there. I'm, I've lived... <laughs> yeah, it's... But it's really exciting because you also it teaches you how people in the same poem where I I, say, I talked about earlier on Chichimuchuga Kampala, the one talking about the city of Kampala. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, everyone wakes up in the morning and like everyone from like even if they are staying in Kololo or in downtown of Kampala, they all woke up just going to Kampala. Mm-hmm. Like everyone wakes up. Even if they are living in Koroba, they oh, their mindset is now in the morning. My my whole eyes, I'm I'm going there. It's like right, right, right. It's like now they're going to compete. It's like that's why I was saying it's like a war zone. They're competing in a business way. Oh, right, because right, they all right. want to get something out of that city. Right, right. It's like a it's a kingdom in its own zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. that's like the center is where yeah. it's happening, right? So people yeah. have to converge on it yeah. and that's why the horrible traffic. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I really just find it amazing to see how, I mean, literally like Nakasero where it's quiet, where there's lots of trees and plants and, and then mm-hmm. a rural park where there's just dirt, not even paved roads. Yeah. It's like 30 minutes apart, and, and it's amazing to see the difference, to know that you can just walk a little bit and and just completely different world. It's like you pass through a border. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I just find it amazing. And to me, it's also sad, the power of money, what it can buy you, mm-hmm. like better environment, having greenery is such a luxury, even yeah. though Kampala used to be much greener. 
I keep mm. hearing. Like just the last generation, for instance. Yeah. And it's coming too much because now structure-wise, I think that a lot has been put in and they're still putting in a lot in it. Like, mm. There's no space now. Right. There's no way you can... You can't even stretch a leg when you are in Kampala. <laughs> because you just started stretching a leg, someone's like, you move away, I'm the taxi. <laughs> so it's, there's no more space there. And yeah, it's, which yeah. is really, it's not so good because, like you said, there's no, there's few green, uh, I think, around the square, only that. But it's also yeah. lost. People just sit there and then even uh, stay council, KCC doesn't treat they don't treat the nature like they, the space people or people see it and just realize. Yeah, I, I've seen that. Well, because that's the only patch of greenery there is and it's public. It's and it's also dying out. Yeah. yeah it's, it is, because people are sitting on <laughs> yeah, the grass. Yeah, every day and there's no time to look after the, the green. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is very sad yeah, to me. So we yeah. don't have green in Kampala. Nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now unless you go to like yeah. Makasero or Kololo. Yeah. I mean, coming here to Kansanga is great. Yeah, it's, it's greenery and yeah, like, very different. All these neighborhoods. That's why it's so nice to mm, visit them all mm. and to just enjoy. I feel so sad that it has to take money. You have to have a certain wealth to be able to access something that's natural. Yeah. You know, that would grow on its own if we just gave the space to grow. Yeah. So. Because yeah, um, I remember there's a project there. There's an artist called Mirembe. She does more into green. Uh, she's a food artist. And then there's also, uh, they did like a collaboration with one of our artists in residence called Sanoj. He's mm-hmm. also from India. This is from India. He was called Sanoj. So they did a food project, food. They all, food. They, they call themselves food artists. Oh. Yeah, so we prepare different meals, but in an artistic way. So, <laughs> we know that side, just mm-hmm. downside of our park, just right. down there. Oh. Okay. Yeah, they, there is a space where they give them to plant green, like oh, green I, gardens and oh, I think I saw on the streets. It. It's like a triangle, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now it's really like they we did it in twenty sixteen. They gave them the space to create to plant mm-hmm, mm-hmm. different artists to plant. They put like food, like oranges and also mm. cocoa, like different types of food just right. to keep the space as a food garden in there. Okay, okay. Also oh, those trees are actually fruit bearing trees. Yeah. But it was just near there. There are also people who uh, they do uh, the mechanics there. They have garages. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so before maybe those guys will look after the what the, the, mm-hmm. the garden. But passing there, it, like we okay, we used to, because someone went went back in India and they know so many is also this busy. So everyone was keeping in touch to sell far with the with the garden. Yeah. But suddenly those guys who were given responsibility to look after them. Yeah. They started putting up vehicles there, the mechanic from there, and then the diesel, the air, the like, yeah. they, they destroyed the garden, and then it's no longer, yeah. now the green died again. Oh, no. But it was given, guess what, it just, the stickers wanted to leave it as a space for food, where people oh, can okay. even come and get food from there, but it's uh-huh. within the city, but now right, right. it's no more there. So the yeah. fruit-bearing trees have died? Yeah, they have died now. Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> Because somebody was asking me, I'm like, we always keeping full, but the guys they no longer water the. Ah, okay. So, well, maybe it will come back this year because it's been raining like all the time. Yeah, they left <laughs> only a few, like, but at first there are so many. They started growing like bananas, into bananas. But, oh, wow. But okay. now it's already. Yeah, I see a lot of sort of heathers or something. Yeah. It's very interesting. I yeah. mean, definitely looks very man-made, that yeah. little triangle. But yeah. it's, still, it's still interesting, and I feel like people really do appreciate the greenery, even yeah. if they're not taking care of it. There's a lot of people who just hang out there because yeah. it's like a resting place. <laughs> because, you know, when it's green, somehow yeah, you just feel yeah, like yeah, there's yeah, a absolutely. sense of peace, mm. right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen that. Maybe they start putting them on buildings, like small gardens. But yeah, yeah. But, I few, mean, but few put, others, they put on flowers, they don't put on food. 
<laughs> a few people may come and pick them when they're not around. And right, 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 right. Well, yeah. Because it was the idea what, what someone wanted to, it was a project, was a company wanted to, to create within the city of Kampala, but one day we was just testing to see how, how people operate within that garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's the council, I think also, and then they changed the staff, people right. were working in the state council before that. Then when it all changed, it was so that people are lose hope that uh-huh. I feel this project won't <laughs> But there are there are yeah. several of these sort of similar projects that, that mm. are man-made. I see like near, there's a football pitch mm. where there is a bunch of greens. There's a little garden around there as well. It's also, mm. if you just walk further from where you're talking yeah. about. I forget the name of the street. Mm. But yeah, so there are like intermittent man-made gardens maybe there's so many or there's few uh, there's a few of them there's Mm. a few of them so i mean that sort of give you a little bit of hope i I mean at least you know that Mm. people have the intention of doing that right so it's hopeful yeah it's hopeful maybe yeah yeah because it's a responsibility for for i think to the the the, the, the state council the ones who are supposed to look after but not Mm. the people working from there yeah, well, the city should look after it. <laughs> it kind yeah. of belongs to the city, but I guess... Yeah, but people are willing to look after the gardens. Like, <laughs> would work. If you get time, we put their water, they, they regarded it again. Yeah. Yeah, I think they put so much bees and then they forgot that. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> yeah, if, nah, but still there, there are some few. Yeah, there definitely is. There is a part of it that's thriving. Mm. I just passed by the other week, mm. actually. Coming back to yeah. us, if you can tell people where they can come and see you read and perform. Yeah, so like I said, I was a poetry night in Kampala called Tontuma. Tontuma Poetry Jazz Session, it's, uh, uh, it's a platform where I usually uh, share my work. Mm-hmm. with other poets but also I'm always into also festivals mm-hmm. different festivals mainly festivals I think cool. yeah cool. so cool. when I'm not in poetry nights uh, mm-hmm. I usually since I have that element of element of music in my poetry people feel uh, I think I'm a musician <laughs> yet, <laughs> yet the music comes within the, the poetry so mm. I'm always busy in festivals uh, that's when okay. I, I present my work because the idea of Tontoma why I started it was to collaborate with other creatives who are, who are not only in poetry but also other elements of art mm. so that's why we, we call it Tontoma Poetry Jazz Session, where we, we jazz with diff- different yeah. art genres, like could be music, uh, yeah. instruments. So when we are not in sessions, we try to connect other people in festivals, because mm-hmm. first, few people present their work in festivals, because it's too much. <laughs> yeah. A few people don't visit them in festivals, but for us, festivals is enough in where we, we get to connect with so many creatives who are into because we also learn from them, because uh, as poets, it's not just to recite a poem, but it's more of a performance. It goes beyond poem only. It's right, beyond right, performance. Right, right. So we try to learn from them, mm-hmm. how they do their, their stuff, also try to get mentored through their activities, how we try to mm-hmm. organize ourselves as poets. Because right. back then we just thought, okay, read your poem, then it's done. <laughs> yeah. So now it's more collaborative. Yeah, it's more collaborative and also it's more professional. We try as much as possible to document our work and we, because documenting it, we we learned that from documenting your work, we it opens up many doors to other people. Yeah, who have yeah. already have been heard about poetry. Right. So that's why we extend it in festivals and mm-hmm. so far so good, which has really worked. Cool. Yeah. So where can people follow you online so they can find out all the festivals you'll be performing in? Like uh, the platform I host or the, the me personally? Both. Both. <laughs> okay. So on all the social media you can find Facebook, yeah, you can put Rap Poet, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram, Rap Tontoma. Tontoma means with site, so uh, this is okay. English in Uganda, Rap right, Tontoma. Right. 
and then Twitter at Jazz Tontoma. Mm-hmm. For the platform I host, Tontoma Poetry Jazz Session, that's Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then page, it's also, there's a personal page and then there's also, uh-huh. so there's, okay. uh, the page is Tontoma Poetry Jazz Session. Okay. Then for the personal page, it's Tontoma Tontoma. And then also on YouTube, we are there. We always put up uh, oh, different sessions. Oh, cool. That's Tontoma Poetry Jazz yeah. Session. I think we are everywhere on social. Everywhere we are, we are there. Good. We just put in Tontoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank yeah. you very much. I really appreciate Yeah, really. It. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I'm also glad. Yeah, I'm looking forward. And yeah, it's really amazing. I hope they uh, enjoyed the Monte Kondo. But uh, it's a good poem. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take care. Yeah. As always, you can follow Poets and Muses at poetsandmuses.com or via social media on Instagram, Twitter, or SoundCloud under Poets and Muses. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter either at poetsandmuses.com or at the upper right-hand side of the Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.